0: Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the First Baptist Church of Huntsville Young Adults Podcast. I'm your host, John Lemons, and it is a brand new year. If you are listening to, uh, to this right now, it's the new year as we are recording this. It is also the new year, and this is Season 3, Episode 11 of our podcast series called Black, Black, White, and Red All Over. We've only been doing it for a year. You'd think I'd get the name down by now, but no, alas, I did not, but Anyways, we're glad you, you're joining us, and uh, as always, I'm joined by our fabulous co-hosts who you have come to know and love just as much as I have, Tiffany Fanning, Ethan McVeigh, and Ellen Christian. So glad to be on the show with you guys. One final time, this is our wrap-up episode as we talk about completing our read-through of the Bible. So uh, as we get started, before we talk about that, I'd love to know what was your highlight of the month of December? And what's your new year's resolution? If you have one, what say you all?
1: Um, we did something uh, a little different this year. Uh, and we being Kyle and I together. Um, instead of giving our kids Christmas toys, um, we did a trip. So theoretically they were only supposed to get clothes and like shoes and like needs, I guess, uh, and, and we did have a, a Christmas fairy uh, Kyle came in at the last minute with some gifts but uh, that's neither here nor there um, he's also listening uh, behind me um anyway uh, but we we went for a trip for um, Christmas and we left the Monday after Christmas we went to great Wiff Lodge and it was fun it was actually fun to kind of get away and ride water slides which I haven't rode since like the southern adventure days in Huntsville. I, I mean I don't I mean I don't even think outside of Huntsville, I've ever been to a water park. Um, we just—I don't know. It's weird. Is um, there a
0: water park in Huntsville?
1: There was Southern Adventures, but I don't know that Southern Adventures oh. is alive anymore. It's not. I've Never
0: heard of it, but I know of the one out at what is it? Oh, a train oh. is going by wow. as we talk. I don't know if y'all can hear it. <laughs> um, what's the one out at?
1: Oh, Point Mallard. Point Mallard. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I have done Point Mallard. Okay. I'm having that doesn't like... count. That's on the far west
2: side of the state. Yeah, but it's North Alabama.
1: (laughs)
0: Anyways, I didn't know there was a water park here. Continue on with your story, Ellen.
1: Southern Adventures, if you're an an OG Huntsville person, you will know what Southern Adventures is. Um, But we did great with Lodge. It was fun. Um, uh, I don't know that I would recommend traveling the day after Christmas because I think we still had the Christmas Zoomies, uh, parents included. Uh, so that was fun. That was kind of like the highlight of our, um, December. December is really wild for, um, the Christian family, uh, with uh, all of our extracurricular activities. So it's nice to just get away with just, um, our core people. But, uh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I stopped doing New Year's resolutions a long time ago. And I started doing a word for the year, which I started um, in 2016. And I only know because I wrote down all my words like a true Enneagram one uh, from 2016 on. And oddly enough, I don't have a word for this year. And it's really has wrecked my uh, my whole like who I am. I don't have a word.
0: So by the end of this episode, the three, the other three of us are going to have a word for you. Okay. We will. For the year. Word for the year. All right. So, but that's, so, okay. The, the experience driven Christmas, we've Mm -hmm. done that. So we, we, we did that a few years ago where we thought, okay, like we have enough stuff. If we really need something, we get it for ourselves anyway. So we just decided let's. Let's just think about things that we want to do, things we can do together as a family and make it that. And so it happened. You know, that was the year, you know, my favorite team, the Washington Nationals, went to the World Series. I got to go to the games or a couple of games. It was fun. That was my even though World Series in October, that was my Christmas present and my anniversary present and my birthday present and my Father's Day all in one. But it was great. Uh, As a family, we bought tickets to go see Hamilton Uh, together, which it, it was just beginning to tour at that time. It was, you know, only people who had seen it were people who had gone to Broadway and managed to get a ticket on Broadway. So we did it. We did that, Ellen. The thing is, that was Christmas of 2019. So all of our Christmas gifts were wrapped up in doing experiences together and then COVID hit. And so that kind of put a damper on that Christmas for us. Hopefully you will not have A similar experience with your experience driven Christmas all right what about uh, what about you Tiffany
2: so I had a good December there are parts of it that could have been better as always but um, the biggest news to wrap up my 2022 like really well was that my mom is cancer free she's gotten all of her um, hey you're in the clear from all of her doctors now she goes for like a yearly scan Um, I won't get into all the details because it's private business. But like
0: to Say again, your mom is cancer-free.
2: Yes. So my mom is cancer-free. That's great.
0: Yeah. We have sound <laughs> effects on this wow. thing.
2: That's so cool. So. I didn't know we had this. But no, that's great. Yes. Um, she it felt is fantastic. more confident that she was going to be cancer-free. Uh, this goes on for a really like long time. Her first fan and I being... Um, I don't know, a little bit more reserved. I wanted to wait until she had her PET scan, which lights up any activity in your body. Um, so that came back clear. She had seen one of her other doctors who caught the cancer to begin with, and everybody has signed off on her. So that was great. She's all the way done with um, all of her checkups. So that's really the highlight of my month. Um, yeah, and ain't no one doing resolutions, John. That is so old. Like, no one does those anymore. Um, I started getting sort of like a word of the year from Ellen. I don't know if you've noticed, but Ellen kind of helps me be trendy into things. Um, I started learning about the Enneagram because of Ellen. I started doing TBR because of Ellen. A word of the year because of Ellen. She's great. She (laughs) She positively influences influences me. She is a positive peer pressure uh, into good things. Whereas I'm bad peer pressure, I get everyone tattoos and piercings. So um, my year... My word for the year, rather, is caregiver. Um, I've struggled the last, the end of December is really hard. Having kids that were home from daycare, but I was still working. I was technically off the last week, but my position requires me to be on call, like standby at the end of the year because it's business operations and financials. And I ended up working 10 hours for the week, which is not bad when I was supposed to have all 40 off, but I also had those hours with children at home. And so I went a little bit bananas. Um, and so being a good caregiver for me was hard. I felt, it felt really difficult at the end of the year. Um, and then I was looking through the plans on the Bible app, going back to find TBR for 2023, and um, it was like, oh, plans for caregivers. I was like, caregiver, that word resonates with me. And Jesus is the ultimate caregiver. God is the ultimate caregiver. So I'm going to look forward. To learning more about that this year and my reading plan, I think.
0: That's awesome. Very good stories. And seriously, hats off to your mom. I know that's been something that's been on your mind and your heart and those in your Bible study and that you shared that with. Oh. And, and you've now shared that with this community of people that participate in this, this show as well. And and we're just super thrilled for you and for your family and, and for your mom.
2: Me too. It's uh, great e- to like go back to just being a child because I had like their will uh sent to me. I was like secondary power of attorney if something happened to my dad, like I was then to make all the decisions, so it's kind of nice to be able to go back to just being a child and not having to be business time Tiffany for my parents. so that's been been stellar,
0: yeah, i that's one of the hardest things I think about getting into this crossing into the threshold where you're you're thirty thirty five 40 cuz you start dealing with things like that you you realize like your parents are aging very quickly you realize your kids are aging uh and, and they they lose their youth and so it's uh
2: yeah we and could my, do mom a on that. my mom is only 50. My mom is only 50 and well, yeah. had cancer. Um yeah. She went for a routine colonoscopy, found out she had cancer and I mean I was thrust into this very early. I'm expecting to have to like take care of my parents when they're 70 or 80 not 50 that was wild so, right yeah
0: right yeah absolutely uh well again we're thrilled for you and ethan we're thrilled for for you as well i know you've got some exciting things coming up in your life and i think you had a so- somewhat exciting christmas as well
3: yeah we had a good christmas so uh, in december uh caroline's sister she has two sisters and she's the oldest of four kids uh, and the next oldest She got married December 17th. And so we were, uh, had a Christmas wedding in Georgia with her family. So it was very fun. Uh, It's a good time to celebrate. And then also, Caroline and I got to kind of do a small Christmas with her side of the family since everyone was already in town, right? So that was fun. Uh, And then on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we were in Birmingham with uh, my family and some of my grandparents. It was fun. And then my parents and caroline and i escaped kind of the chattanooga for a few days right after christmas and we got to chattanooga like got to the airbnb we were staying and as soon as we like pulled in it started to snow outside and that's when everything like shut down so it was perfect for us because it was like this is a great excuse for us to relax we can't go out we can't do anything we had already planned to like uh cook a dinner in that night so we made some soup and uh, played some board games and Uh, It was just a relaxing time. It was fun to be in Chattanooga. We went to the zoo and to the aquarium. When we were at the zoo, uh, the jaguars were like pacing right up against the glass and were like playing with each other, you know, like wrestling. It was kind of cute, but also, you know, intimidating because they're so big. Um, And then when we were next to the Komodo dragon, uh, this family came in and they had like small kids, like probably three and four. And... Uh, the kids were like, they loved the Komodo dragon. And that Komodo dragon, I tell you the truth, it was stalking them. Like, it it would hear the kids, like, high voices. And it would look up. And you would see its little tongue come out. And he started walking. He had just been laying there and he wasn't doing anything. But once those kids came in, he was, like, alert. And when they, like, moved around to see something else, he was, like, clawing, like, trying to get up and get a good view of them. I was like, this is creepy uh it's kind of neat for me to see it but uh the kids weren't scared or anything i don't think the kids even realized uh so but yeah so we had a great time in chattanooga that's kind of my fun story
0: (laughs) yeah so what part of chattanooga were you in when you stayed
3: i think we stayed like on the north shore and then um like drove into downtown on we were there for three days. So the first day we didn't do much because of the snow, but then right. the next two days we drove into downtown
0: and hit yeah. the aquarium what, or the zoo or whatever. The great thing about Chattanooga and Tiffany, Tiffany and I both have connections to Chattanooga, but being in North Shore, that's not, it's not downtown, but it's not far. It's right across the river, and Chattanooga is not a bad place to be if you're stuck snowed in. If you and could go, go to Cardboard Hill, it's still great. It, take you a piece yep, of cardboard, cardboard hill. go to cardboard
2: hill, uh, and sled.
0: Yeah, which is what I used to do yeah. in college. Yeah, you can do that when it's not snowing as well. And that's right. Yeah, it's just a very walkable town, and so yeah, if you're snowed in, it's still you can still get around if you're downtown, and just a a, a great place. Yes, it has a zoo, an aquarium, as you mentioned, and I really think I know North Alabama is getting a zoo, but I, I really think you know it, it's. It's long overdue for us to have those kind, kinds of things, but that is a nice thing about Chattanooga. And you can get around pretty easily and, and quickly. And if you're if you're within a two three hour drive of Chattanooga and you haven't spent a Saturday there, uh, put that on your 2023 to do list because it, it is a great city, great community. Uh, so for me, you know, uh, we got out of Dodge just in time. I we were we were driving up. We spend every Christmas day here, and then for Christmas the day after Christmas we go to my in-laws and so we left that the day after christmas 26th that afternoon and on our way up we started getting messages from friends who were here back in huntsville getting uh, stuck on the roadways Uh, because if you're not from huntsville or if you're not around this part of the country it's very hilly and we don't have salt trucks and so when ice hits it can get dangerous pretty fast and so we had friends stuck all over the city that were texting us and stuck for hours at a time. And so we were we were lucky to have gotten away. It, it was a great visit with family. We It's kind of when we get to see everybody once a year. We always have a night. Uh, probably, Ellen, you're a foodie. You might be interested in this, but it's, we call it Stinky Cheese Night. And it's this particular kind of, I think it's Swiss cheese called raclette. And there's a specific maker or cooker for it. And you you put the cheese on there and it melts the cheese and as it melts it smells awful. It, I mean we always say it smells like feet and it really does, but so, it tastes really good as as most cheeses do uh, are smell bad and taste good. But uh, you you pull it off and you put it over, you know, ham or little baby corns or you know other uh, different um, you know mushrooms things like that, and it's actually really good and it's one of the things that there's no reason to have it any other time of year. So it's just always this kind of in between Christmas and new year's thing that we do as a family, the whole family comes together. People come in from other parts of, you know, the town we're in or other States or whatever. So it's, it just serves as a really good, just kind of anchor to the year and and makes it feel like Christmas. And then, you know, Sorry, Tiffany, I guess because I'm old or whatever, I still kind of do resolutions, but it they are wearing on me just because, I mean, so many people try and don't even get two weeks or whatever. But, you know, I think for a lot of people trying to read the Bible becomes a resolution for some folks. So do hear our encouragement as a team if this is your 2023 resolution to read through the Bible. But I will say, you know, I've long given up on, you know, great personal change but i i have there are things where where i decide you know i this was a weakness for me last year i really need to focus on this this year and so for me it's you know certain things with being more intentional with my time and i could certainly be more specific than that but i won't hear because when i fail at that i don't want you guys to hold it uh in front of my or stick my nose in it so uh but i know what that means i know what that is so that's that's kind of my thing so Uh, With all that said, though, we're going to move on and uh, move on to the rest of our episode here. And we always, if you've never listened before, we always tend to uh, talk about uh, a question of the month. Uh, And so what we are looking at this week or this month is, what have you learned this trip through the Bible? And or what would you say to someone who is reading the Bible through? Uh, Maybe it's for the first time or maybe they've decided, I'm going to read it through. Again, I'm going to go through this trip again. So one or both of those questions, what did you learn yourself? Or what would you say to someone who is attempting that either for the first time or the second time here in 2023?
2: So I'm going to pull up my uh, my site, my site source for my comment, which uh, is going to be this how not to read the Bible study that we did um, in our Sunday school class. So reading through the Bible is great. It is um, a worthy book. It's worthy of your time. It is life-changing and it is life-giving and it will make you mad and it'll make you sad and it'll make you happy. It'll make you just like overly joyful or bring you to tears for all the emotions. So the biggest thing that I learned with also the help of this book um, was that the Bible is a library and not a single book is what we think about it. It is a book because it's found in like one single thing and that's great. Um, but there's um, like epic tales, there's poetry, there's historical documents um, in it. And so it's much more helpful, which I think Tara Lee does a really good job of putting some of that back into context of this is the Song of Solomon is like a love poem. Not necessarily that some woman has hair like a raven, you know, super dark black and eyes as big as a deer or whatever her super freaky explanation is to make her sound like a monster and not a beautiful thing. Um, So I think that's been very helpful to me because there are lots of parts of the Bible that you can and should take literally. I think that Jonah was in the stomach of a whale for three days. I think that God has the power to have put him in there and kept him there and him have been safe. There are some people who think that's just like a metaphor or an allegory or whatever the correct um, English term is for that but to me that's important because to me that leads straight into jesus being dead for three days and if he can't keep somebody alive in the body in the stomach of a whale then how could he have been raised from the dead so that's just for me personally but then to know that the book of revelation is so large in scale of what john saw that he just had to use what terms were available to him to explain it so i can't take everything in revelation maybe just as literal as what it's written and then to know that that's a different type of book than leviticus the book of the law you know or deuteronomy or numbers so i think that's been good to help me with like my open-handedness of what kind of book am i reading and what was the intent of it because something you learn with tara lee as you go through is she'll tell you like historically the hebrews use this phrasing or this numbers to mean a certain kind of concept not necessarily that Only 144,000 people are going to go to heaven. So I think that's been super helpful. And that's what I would, you know, advice I would give to somebody trying to read through the Bible for the first time or the second time is just to go back into the context. Put yourself back into as best you can what the ancient Hebrews would have thought or used as their, um, their building stepping stones for the information they received.
0: Yeah, very well said. And I'll I'll just say two things on the heels of that. One is, first of all, if you're listening and you're like, who's this Tara Lee that they keep talking about? If you're reading along, uh, we are following the Bible Recap reading plan. We've been doing that the past year. And included with that are some podcasts with with Tara Lee Cobble, I think is her last name, is that right? Terry Lee Cobble. And uh, she just gives sort of a daily, you know, 10-minute commentary on a podcast every day with what you've read that day and and a lot of it is super helpful especially when you get into some of these passages like tiffany's talking about that are really confusing or really you know poetic things like that so she she helps kind of shed some light on some of the things and, and really serves as a guide through this this journey together and then the other thing i'll say is the the bible study that tiffany referenced how not to read the bible is a great one i'm actually leading one this comth coming up in January on the eleventh and and so, if you're local to us if if you if you can get here within twenty or thirty minutes, that is something I do. I try to do regularly for particularly for young adults who are new to First Baptist Church or who are you know thinking about giving first Baptist church a try, so would love for you to come participate with us in that and uh tiffany, yeah well well said uh what what else uh anybody else
3: yeah um. I guess, like, as I read through the Bible this year, I was just reminded of how much God speaks to his people. Um, like, he is constantly uh, talking to Israel. He's constantly, uh, I mean, he is Jesus. And then through uh, the epistles and through, uh, I mean, the church leaders at the time was talking and giving comfort to the people, right? He was giving instructions. Um He was convicting the people when uh, something, when they were doing something wrong, right? Um, And he was encouraging them. uh, And so God still does that. And I guess, like, as I read through the Bible this year, there were times um, where God did each of those things to me, where I was encouraged, where I was convicted, uh, where I was comforted. um, And. And, yeah, I just thought that was really meaningful. And so I guess my advice to anyone who's going to read through the Bible, either the first time or for the hundredth time, you are going to do it in this next year. Um, I encourage you, like, when you hear the Lord speaking to you, like, through the Word, uh, to just, like, stop and dwell on that. Um, don't rush through the reading or uh, anything. But instead, like, when you hear the Lord's voice, like stop, dwell on that scripture, dwell on what he's saying, like, and how that's connecting to your life, uh, and what it might look like for you to to respond to his voice, uh, whether through prayer or through allowing your life to change or or whatever. Um, I just really encourage you to like let the word speak to you, let the Lord speak to you, and make time and space for that. Allow him to interrupt you, um, and and allow um him to impact you in that way. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah, and I would even add to that, especially do that when you get into parts of the Bible that are confusing or disturbing um and and ask yourself the question why why do I find this disturbing because I honestly think that yeah. is the prodding of the Holy Spirit. Um and I think there are things in the Bible that humans do to one another that you are supposed to find disturbing and that we are better off as a species having come to the conclusion are, are disturbing things. Uh, and so just remember that, that people have changed and people have become as bad as the world still is. We are better to one another than people were 2000 years ago. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, progression of people through what I think is the leading of the Holy Spirit and pointing out things to us such as this such as things when we harm one another uh, giving us more compassion more empathy that's not something that we get naturally if you look at the natural world you talked about jaguars they don't care if if another animal gets hurt or whatever that's dinner right you know so our our compassion for one another is I think something that comes out of allowing the Word to speak to us in some of these moments when we find things that are challenging or perhaps disturbing or or whatever else. So, well said. Ethan, Ellen, what about you?
1: Well, that kind of leads into mine because my theme for reading the Bible, you know, was um, feeling uncomfortable in some of the stories. Um, you know, like I, I had a hard time reading about, well, Yeah, I had a hard time reading about how the Israelites would have God right there, like right there, and they still couldn't get their act together. And and what that looks like for me, not having the fire literally in front of me. Um, So, you know, little things like that. Or in, you know, Kings, where I've always complained and probably will still complain about those books, um, like finding purpose in those books so the the uncomfortable theme was very much um, woven for me or I started to weave it after I found myself feeling it or talking about it or it just kind of keep kept coming up to the the forefront and so um, I'm almost excited to read again this year having, Thought through that theme this year to see where my reading or how my reading differs this coming year in, into that. Like, how do I sit with those stories that, that I had to sit with in that uncomfortable feeling for a while? Like, wh- what new feeling comes out of that? Um, so, that's one for me. Um, oh, and that you can still love God and be uncomfortable with his decisions. Um, I think it was kind of like the end point. For me, in fact, you know, we talked about Re- revelations like uh, I think off camera after the last podcast a little bit and how like it makes us all uncomfortable. And we were not dreading it, but not, uh, not thrilled, excited, you know, ready to jump in. Um, so like I could already feel myself, you know, like rounding the corner into not the dread of some of that stuff, not that I'm, you know, jumping up and down excited to go through kings again. Um, but I feel like the purpose will change and, and I feel like that's good. That That's where, where we're supposed to go, I think. Um, but, uh, and maybe that's a trust. Maybe that's in our mind and God's relationship, you know, building and becoming better. And anyway, so that's where the uncomfortable feeling for me set. And I'm excited to see what reading in 2023 looks like, but, um, my advice to anybody that has even the inkling, the thought, the, I've only said it one time, I want to read through the Bible is just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't do anything. I mean, don't just, just do it. Just do it.
0: Yeah. You actually said in your notes, you can't imagine not doing it now, which I think is really interesting. You both said this, Tiffany and Ellen, both that. It was daunting, it was intimidating when you first started, but you resolved or made a resolution to yourself to do it, to just do it, and you did, and it's gotten to a point now where it's, it's habit, and you're also, I mean, think about how intimidated you probably were the very first time, but now you're, what are you, you're going on year four or five, Ellen?
1: This is my fourth time, and actually, you know what was really funny? I was more intimidated the second time than I was the first time. Because I kind of thought, oh, wow, can I do this again? And it was funny. By the time I got to March or April or May, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally do this. This is absolutely, I mean, like, it wasn't even, wasn't even an issue. Now, and do you change it are, up when you?
2: Sorry. Oh, go ahead. And here we are, Ellen, in 2023. We have talked about it so much that we have encouraged the other leaders of our Sunday school class to take the Bible reading challenge for the year, for our Sunday school class, that you and I now are going to co-teach other adults the weekly summary of what we've learned and taking notes from Tara Lee. I mean, that, if you just want to talk about growth and positive change, like what you have, I'm going to cry, what you have done for me and for our class, I mean, how many adults are in our class who maybe haven't read through the Bible and now we're going to force them to do it, at least, you know, to at least hear the weekly overview. So, you're such a great positive change, Ellen.
0: I we should just end the show right. <laughs> so that is You
3: can't cry because then I start to cry. I'm I'm one of those criers, so
0: nice. Hey, I echoing though, seriously, Tiffany, what you said, we the first time we ever tried to do this was twenty twenty. Ellen, I think you were the only one that that finished. And that was a hard year to to read the Bible. And then but,
1: can I say, can I say this on the heels of that comment? My word for uh, 2020 was growth. Like I picked that in December before you even mentioned reading the Bible. And so like, I always feel like my words, I, I didn't do Advent this year, which is probably why I don't have a word. (laughs) Um, But I've always done like something Advent related. But You know what I mean? Like when I go back and look at some of the steps up to 2020 for me, like you want to talk about seeing God's hand for me, that was, that was God that what was my doubting Thomas thing last episode. These, those were the the scars that I needed to see for 2020.
0: Well, well said. And uh, certainly I've been impressed just as an observer of your journey and how you've now brought others along with you and doing that. And it's, it was really impressive to me at the end of the year to see the number of people I knew who are in my life, who have kind of accepted this challenge and, and taken it up. And it's not because of my influence. It probably directly relates to yours, Ellen, or then people that you have influenced as well. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how your Bible study group embraces it and, and, Goes through that challenge together this year, and uh, excited to see how how it finishes up for them and, and the kind of insights and and the takeaways that they get from it. Uh, you know, and I would say going into this, my advice to people, and I've said this all along, is is try to read it like it is a story. So I will I will illustrate it by by saying it this way: think of think of it like if Harry Potter or Star Wars or whatever you're like favorite fantasy fiction reality is think of that as if it were real life okay so don't read the bible only for instruction it's a journey so if harry potter or star wars were real life and those stories still existed you would read those stories or watch those movies or whatever and if it were real life it would be about those people but it would also be about the world that you live in and so you yeah you you'd gain lessons about the force or about the wizarding world or whatever it is but the point of the stories is not for you to gain lessons the point of the stories is, is telling the story about how these people interact with whatever it is and they're very important people in that story but by the time you finished it you would know a lot about the story you would know a lot about the force or about magic or whatever but you're not reading it to get instruction. Does that make sense? So in the same way, don't read the Bible only for instruction. And I think that's how most of us are, are taught to do it. But it's more of a journey. And these are it, it, it's stories about real people. And it is real stories. And they didn't live their lives for you. They didn't live their lives for your spiritual growth. That's That's dehumanizing. So if I were to, I mean, if anybody were to, if I were to say, Tiffany exists solely for my growth. Ellen exists solely for my benefit. Like, that's dehumanizing to you. And it is also to these people who really existed, who really went through these life experiences, and who somebody has shared these experiences with, with us for our benefit, yes. But it's also about them, and it's to them. It does benefit us. But in some sense, it's almost plagiarizing, in a sense, to make things that are about them be about you. So Jeremiah 29, 11 is not about you. You can learn from that experience that those people had, absolutely, but it's about them, and it's about the life they lived, and and certainly in that, in trying to go on that journey with them, just as you would if you were read, reading Harry Potter or reading Star or watching Star Wars, you're going on that journey with them. You're going to pick up some things along that. You'll get some instruction through that, but it's not ultimately about you Uh, but you will benefit from it. So it's a story, when we're looking at the Bible, where the people of God collectively learn not to trust in the battles that they fight, not to trust in the kings that they crown, not to trust in the pride that they take in who they are or the things that they build or the things that they do. And as we're reading that story, if we're really paying attention to it, we'll learn that that's also a story that's that's really about us, and that's a story of the things that we as humans continue to do. No matter the time period we live in, no matter the culture that we live in, we trust in the things that we build, we trust in the kings that we crown, we trust in the battles that we fight, and over and over those things fail us. And so as we read the Bible and we see that happening, then going on that journey, reading it as a story, we will gain some instruction and we will see some insight that will apply to our lives but we have to recognize at the same time, like, this is, this is about other people. Uh, there is one person in the story who is living, who is real, and it's God. And so we do have that benefit, too, of, of God, as, as Ethan said, being a, a real presence in that story who can speak to us, who can lead us. Uh, and that, that's challenging as well. And, and reading along that story, you'll, you'll learn how to navigate that, and you'll learn that the people trying to navigate that didn't always have answers, didn't always have where they felt like the presence of God was directly with them. So that's—I don't know if that makes any sense—but that's kind of my advice to people reading along: is just understand that um, it is real history. It is real people. Take it for that, and you will learn, and you will gain instruction along the way in that. But but don't look at it solely for your devotional growth or your spiritual growth or whatever. Uh, You'll—I I think you'll—you'll you'll get. That I think that's why we get confused and just discouraged, and a lot of times, and a lot of places when we read the Bible because it's just there's nothing there that really can be gleaned from it for personal growth. So that's my two cents. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that or ask a question. If not, we'll we'll move on.
1: I think that's a good point though because I couldn't just pick. I've not read Harry Potter. It's on my list.
0: New slash.
1: Um, I know, right? Uh, so I couldn't just read chapter five and understand what's going on or exactly be even relevant to even, I mean, I wouldn't even understand. So I, I think that's a good point because if you read the whole Bible and then you go back and you do a lesson, like you, you do a Sunday school lesson, then you're going to take it differently instead of trying to just pick out the purpose of that chapter. We're well, not going to technically understand the purpose of that chapter if you're just only picking out that chapter. So that's a good, that's a good point in which I think, almost stalls you from going deeper because if, if you're just sitting on this surface and you've got, you know, all this underneath that you don't even understand the buildup to you, you can't, I can't go I can't have a conversation with you. If all I know about you is just your name, you know what I mean? Like I need to know just a little bit more about you before we can even have, you know, do, you know, we got to converse a little bit, right?
0: Uh, absolutely. And there's even, you know, we talked about this, I think, when, in one of the episodes, maybe when we talked about the violets in the Bible or something like that. But even in Harry Potter, I mean, there's a there's a specific character that that does things that as you read, you're like, you can't figure out like what his motivations are. You uh, he does questionable things. And so you're just kind of like, what's going on here? And then you find out at the very end what his motivation was all along. And it puts everything into perspective, and I think that's the same thing as we read in the Bible like you can you can read a chapter and just be totally confused or go ahead and kind of write people off or write God off for this that or the other, but like when you take in the the effect of the whole story and then you begin to see things kind of come together and and fit together a little bit better then it makes a little bit more sense at least in my opinion so um yeah good good words, good thoughts. we'll move into our next segment uh and this is where we talk more about the specific insights of what we got in the past month so we finished up reading the book of acts we read the the kind of back half of what are known as the epistles or the letters Uh, and then we got into revelation at the very end of the month so i'd love to know what sort of insights you guys had from from that and uh share share with our our listeners and uh and with one another and we'll see and go from there I think something that kept popping up for me
3: was just how many issues and problems and hardships the church faced. Um, I mean, Hebrews is written to the church that is dispersed because uh, they've been harassed and targeted uh, both politically and socially and sometimes by military, and uh, so the church, like dispersed, it ran, so that it could survive. In um, Second Timothy, uh, Paul is writing from a jail cell, and at the end of the chapter, end of the book, he talks about, like, um, "I'm my time is coming, um, and I'm gonna die here, in, in prison, basically, and these, these are the people that I want to see before that happens, and these are things I want you to tell these people uh, before that happens. And then, similarly, in Second Peter, Peter says, you know, I know my time is coming, um, and I think, um, I think too often I can expect that uh, being a church member in North America in 2023, um, should be easy and should be really comfortable, um. And I think when we look at the history of the church, not just the first century and what's recorded in the Bible, but, I mean, just the church history uh, for thousands of years, it's not been easy or popular uh, or comfortable to be a church member, I guess. Um, And so as I saw, like, some of the internal issues that the church faced was, like, false teachers um, and things like that, and then some of the external things that they faced were like uh culture wars you want to call it that in the first century um they definitely faced like harassment and um uh, political opposition um and yeah and and so i guess like what am i expecting and uh, is that reasonable and fair and then also like what does the church need when it faces all those things because the bible is not just about like what the church faced but then it's like how is the church responding to it how is the lord responding to what's happening against his people Uh, and all the time the letters are full of uh, correction they're full of encouragement so the church is both responding in the right way and then there's other times where like they're just totally giving in to the culture of their city and so they're they're eating Uh, the wrong things or they're associating with the wrong groups or they're still still sexually immoral and falling into the ways of their city and so like there's times when the leaders of the church write these letters and correct them and like am i truly open to like correction and am i truly seeking out like encouragement Um, i'm just as a church member and I mean, I think, honestly, if, if I ask myself that, I think not always. And um, it's not always the first thing I'm looking for uh, when I come on a Sunday. And just as I read the back half of the New Testament and read what the church in the first century dealt with and felt, um, and then how they responded, I was just really inspired by them, honestly. It wasn't hard. I mean, it wasn't easy, and uh it wasn't always clean. It was very messy often, but I think they were really faithful, Um and I hope that uh, I can learn to be faithful like that as well.
2: May I add a quick comment before John Absolutely. jumps in? So you talked about, like, the persecu- persecution of the early church, and, like, Everybody who thinks that Starbucks is out to get them at the holiday season because the coffee cup doesn't have Christ on it or Christmas. I mean, like, take a number, sit down, and let's read what real persecution for your faith is. Um, And if you want to go into, like, a modern context, let's go look at all the countries where if you want to be a Christian, you're literally putting your life at risk. Um, You're not allowed to have these podcasts where a group of friends are going to talk about reading through the Bible. You're having to sit in an underground basement to read and your Bible is hidden. So I mean that Or you is just don't even t- have one. Yeah. Or you don't even have one. I mean, such such a great reflection on what their true martyrdom was to make our religion what it was, how it started, to then be spread out. Like I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago when I also cried or almost cried, I got a tattoo um and I added the mustard plant because of faith as small as a mustard seed. It grows into this huge tree and that makes this whole network. So, I mean, like, back to that for them. They were the original mustard plant, mustard trees going out for all of us. So if you're going to complain about being persecuted, let's make sure that we're using that in the correct context for our religion versus some corporation. Because, like, if we're going to do it the Jesus way, he'd be like, hey, Starbucks, give me another cup. I mean, because Jesus is all about, like, turn the other cheek. So I mean, that's my two cents. I'm coming yes. off of that box. And on
0: the, also, when we're talking about persecution, the other thing as you read the letters as Eason was saying is, you pick up quickly these folks were severely dysfunctional. These churches were were pretty dysfunctional. They had a lot of the same problems that we deal with now. And so for me, that gives me hope too that like we can get through this. As bad as things can look at various times for different churches or the church as a whole, we can get through it. We've gotten through it before, and a lot of times these are things that that will ultimately serve to make the church better and make it better for people, make it better for the church as a whole. So uh, that gives me that encouragement as well. On your note about persecution and Starbucks cups, though, when that was a thing about seven years ago, I remember there was a guy who is a YouTube pastor or whatever, like those exist. Anyways, he made a big deal about Starbucks taking Merry Christmas off their cup. They also, and I made a big deal about this, it, it wasn't as well appreciated, didn't go viral, but they also had changed their logo. It used to be the mermaid, and used to say Starbucks coffee around it, and then it, the logo just became the mermaid. And so I was like, look at these Starbucks cup. This is unbelievable, because it was just the mermaid and the red cup. And I was like, they've taken the Starbucks out of Starbucks coffee. Ha, ha, ha. And uh, being satirical, obviously, making the same point, but really making the point about how ridiculous that. that Silly argument was. I mean, we're talking about the design of a cup, y'all. Come on. Anyway, that's my uh, funny, funny joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. um, Ha 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 ha. Um. All right. So, Ellen, I'm I'm (laughs) playing with sound effects. I found sound effects on this thing. It's awesome. It's it's a shame it's our last episode. All right, go on, Ellen.
1: Uh, I had to go. I was uh, googling old Starbucks cups because I've had like four Starbucks cups in my entire life. You know. Yeah, um, you, Yeah, <laughs> the non coffee drinker on this podcast. Uh, okay, so my um my reflections. So this is gonna slightly overlap because we are January fifth recording this. Um, I think it. I just picked up on on the fact that we end with the tree of life and light, and then we also start with the tree of life. And light. So that was the first time I had um noticed those two things, specifically the light. Um, I don't know, Tiffany, if it was your inner group, the Let There Be Light, uh GIF that had me kind of just like, I don't know, in it as um as I finished up Revelation because I didn't finish on time. <clears throat> and um it just is when you need to read it is when you read it. I mean, Taylor totally Lee says that uh you're never late. Um you're always on God's time. So um, I did like the, you know, if you want to picture reading the Bible in the chronological plan, is it tying a little bow at the end, you know what I mean? And I think you've always said, John, like, how do we get back to the garden? Um, I think that was nice that we start with light and end with light um, for me. Um, and I liked how God, uh, how both of those things are described, you know, I mean, very quickly and very much at the end. Um, it You know, it's not, you don't have to you know dig through a lot of stuff it's very evident um that those are there at the beginning and there at the end they will be um and i think that's a good reminder at the end of the year and the beginning of the year um for me so and well you know god's all in between there um tiffany is going to talk about hebrews but man we did a study on hebrews um, in our Sunday school class, and so we really, like, dove into the meat of some of that stuff, and, like, I listened to Hebrews all in its entirety in one setting, like, he recommended doing for Romans, I think is what she said, John, um, I don't know, Hebrews is just my jam. Okay, take it away, Tiffany, because I'm not gonna go. Well, that's funny, because my comment about Hebrews
2: is just going to be that it's all of it, and you just have to go read it, because my friend Ellen, the Sunday school clip saw the book of Hebrews. <laughs> this episode is dedicated to my deep, sweet, and never-ending love for Ellen Christian.
0: This is, this I'm is turning into, i
1: to to get out of my office. My head is going to be so bad.
0: <laughs> This is like the real life in-person version. There's an old school song called Thank You for Giving to the Lord. This is what that is. Did that, did I just date myself? Did none of you know that reference?
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a so
0: cheesy 1980s Christian song about this guy who goes to heaven and this line of people that he sees and they all come up to him and they say, thank you for giving to the Lord. This is it. He goes, thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm a life that was changed. Huh. And this, I think it says that again. So, so this is the podcast in-person version. Ellen, thank you for giving yes, it to the Ellen. Lord. Tiffany's is a life that was changed.
2: Travel down the road and back again. She's going
0: to be in heaven because of you.
2: I think I was a Christian before Ellen. I'm a better Christian because of Ellen. I think. I I knew you before
0: Ellen. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) So
2: Anyway, um, I did listen straight through for Romans and Hebrews at the recommendation of John. And then also after we had finished our Hebrews study. Because there's just so much... Like, if you want to sum up the Bible, if you want to sum up the Jesus story, Hebrews is it. It tells you the ordering of all things, how Jesus is. I mean, period. He was the I am. He is the I am. Um, he's higher than the angels. He became fully man. he's fully God. None of us deserved anything that he had to offer for us, but he did it anyways. And anytime we screw up, he's there to pick up the pieces. He'll never turn his back on us. Just super, super powerful. That was probably my favorite thing to have listened to at the end of the year. Um, Because I did just put it on audio and I just went straight through. Um, I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm going to move on from Hebrews. I can't do any more tears. Um, but something that I loved in the book of Revelation, which at the last 15 or 20 days, I went straight audio and this year for the reading plan, I'm just doing listening. I'm not reading with my eyes. I'm reading with my ears this year, but, um, I know I have known this before, but I picked up on it this go around because the Bible says, amen so much, which means so be it, um, Revelation ends with, so be it. Amen. Um, After it states all these beautiful, beautiful things about Jesus and that he is coming back, there will be a return. There will be difficulties, but there will be light at the end, and that light is Jesus. Amen. So be it. That's it. I mean, there's, oh my gosh, what's up with the tears? I swear I'm not pregnant, but I don't know why I'm crying. But, like, there's nothing else to say. There's no prettier bow to wrap on the story of the Bible, of Jesus, of our redemption story. than that, I mean, that's really it.
0: Well, I don't know how I follow that. Tiffany, thank you so much for your beautiful and impactful words. Seriously, everybody's laughing, but I, I it is, we're not, Ethan's crying with you. Okay. I'm gonna segue from that. And it's I think kind of beautifully leads into I think what I'm talking about too. There's we also have to remember Jesus was a person. He was human. Jesus wept as, as many people know. Um and I love the books of James and Jude for that reason because they help I think illustrate that really well the controversy in the in the church's early days about jesus was not whether or not jesus was god if you read documents from those those times outside of the church writings i mean jewish writings ascribed power to jesus they had no problem admitting that he was someone who had power they just said he did it by the the power of the devil and there's that accusation exists in the Gospels as well, but it also exists outside of the Gospels and rabbinic writings. There were other people that claimed that he had the powers of a God, or, or just some sort of powers like that. The hard thing that people in that time and day had, the hard thing they had to understand was that Jesus was human, and I think the controversy in our day is the reverse of that because you you see things like the da vinci code or other forms of popular media that that go on and say like oh well the church made up jesus's divinity later on or whatever and that's just simply not true everybody believed that he had supernatural power even um muslims believe this but what was the struggle for people in that day was that he was a human being as well and I think that's one of the things that James and Jude beautifully, uh, and, and honestly, John as well, paint for us. James and Jude I really like because they're the half-brothers of Jesus. And so we're told in the Gospels that, that Jesus' brothers and his, his mother come after him at one point in time. And, and they kind of accuse him of being, for lack of a better term, crazy. Uh, so it's it's widely believed Jesus' brothers were not believers in him, as you would not be if your own brother— started claiming to be God or whatever, like, you probably would be like, shut up, dude. And you probably would be upset, too, because you couldn't live up to, you know, the expectations that he sets for, for you as younger siblings or whatever. But it's believed that they became followers after the resurrection, after they saw him die and they saw him raised again to life. Jude and the epistles of John, John, first John, second John, third John, spend a considerable amount of time arguing for Jesus' humanity, saying things like, jesus came in the flesh uh if you deny that jesus came in the flesh then uh, you are john says something to the fact that you're you're from satan himself basically james doesn't spend time talking about that but he does make a plea for real life material help for fellow believers which reflects sort of a robust theology of humanity and a theology of material things and we have to remember gnosticism was was sort of exploding at that time in greek philosophy which which de-emphasized the material world which said all things that are material are bad so james is is saying no that's not the case we need to support people we need to support people's physical needs material needs things like that and then john and jude spend time arguing that, that jesus came to redeem the material that jesus came as a human being so i just love that aspect of that because it just it just butts up against that that argument that people make nowadays that that say that the church made up Jesus's divinity nobody had a problem believing in Jesus' divinity and i think also James and John or James and Jude excuse me i love their story it's not clarified in the gospel accounts when it when it talks about them being the brothers of Jesus and coming to to get him which to me suggests either that those stories about them in the gospels are are very Early source material because they go on to become leaders in the church. James goes on to be the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Jude obviously writes a letter at some point in time, and so he's a leader in the church at some, uh, I can't remember where he was was based, but both of them go on to become leaders, but we're not told that in the Gospels. And there are other places in the Gospels where there are sort of clarifying things or where the writer will allude to something that's sort of a present day setting that the people that that at the time he's writing would know, but that wouldn't have been that at the time that Jesus was there. So the fact that he mentions that the, that Jesus's brothers are mentioned in the Gospel accounts, but, but it's not shared to say, oh, by the way, this is James who now leads the church in Jerusalem or whatever, suggests either that that's very early, that, that the, the source of that story comes before that, or it suggests that the reader's, of whoever was writing those Gospels wouldn't have known who James and Jude were, which means that's also then evidence for the spread of Christianity without the contamination or the distilling of its message. In other words, if the church has gotten outside of Jerusalem so far that people wouldn't know who the leaders in the church in Jerusalem were, then that would be a reason not to mention James. But the message is still the same. And so I think that's a really remarkable thing about the validity and the trustworthiness of the gospels and the accounts because you can't even one of my favorite things to do at christmas time is look at all the different traditional takes on santa claus right because every country has a different take on how store uh, how santa claus originates what that story is when he gives presents i mean it's it, david sedaris has a great essay on this if you've never if you've never heard it it's fantastic but it just goes to show, like, you you cross borders and, like, things begin to change. Stories originating stories and things like that all become different. But the gospel and the story of Jesus doesn't. Like, it stays the same across cultures, across borders, across time. And so I think, again, this is just a, th- their existence and their testimony is just a, a testament to the the authority of Scripture and the trustworthiness of Scripture. So that's that's what I have to say. Sorry, my insights on the, the end of the book there. Uh let I want to go ahead and look ahead now as we wrap up this not just this this episode, but we wrap up the series. And I wanna ask you all, what are you doing in 2023? What are your final words and thoughts that you want to give to our listeners out there? I'll go ahead and say we're gonna take a podcast break. So we'll come back with some things throughout the year of twenty twenty three. Uh we'll we'll take a break though for now. Um I will say, coming up, we're looking ahead to 2024 on the podcast, and one of the things that we've talked about as a group, and I've talked about with some of our staff as well, is if, you, if you're if you doing what Tiffany's trying to do, if you're trying to audibly listen along and and engage with the Bible in that way, sometimes it's hard to do. If you use the Bible app, some of their auditory readings are really bad. Some of them are okay, and so, one of the things I've discovered is it's it's there's not a lot out there, particularly in the form of podcasts, that just walk through the Bible auditorially. So we've talked about what if, what if we did that for 2024, where we divided up the readings, and various members either of this group or maybe our ministerial staff here here at First Baptist would just do a day's reading, and we would line it up so that each day you'd get a podcast episode of someone reading that day's passage. We're looking at possibly doing a a five-day-a-week version of that. So it wouldn't line up perfectly with Tara Lee, but it would allow for people on weekends to do some catch-up listening. And then probably I've thought about as well doing some like devotional-type material on the weekends where kind of like you, I think probably what you guys are doing in your Sunday school class this year, just a, you know, hey, this past week we read this, here's some thoughts about it. Maybe it will wrestle with some of the hard stuff. Maybe it will look deeper at at some of the more meaningful events in the Bible. But anyways, that's one of the things we're looking forward to for 2024. And so that'll be something um, on our plates that we'll work on this year. And then the other thing I'll say, if you've read through the Bible or if you're doing it this year, I want to give you an idea, maybe give you a word of encouragement. Think about your kids as you do that. And I want to say that even to people who may not even have kids right now, may not even be married right now. At some point in time, hopefully you can have that expectation or you can at least have the expectation if if you don't have biological children that you will have people that at some time in life that you will mentor, that you will be a spiritual advisor for or something, I hope. As you read through the Bible yourself, as you make notations and this, that, and the other, I meant to bring my Bible. I've had the Bible that I keep at home that is my sort of my study Bible, I've had since I was 18 years old, I got on Christmas Day, it has every note, every underline, everything I've done since I was 18 in that Bible. And what I decided to do this year, uh, well, it was, it, was, it was last year, and I'm working on it this year as well, um, as a gift to my soon-to-be 18-year-old daughter, I've bought a Bible, and I've begun transcribing my personal notes in my own Bible into one that I eventually want to gift to her. Now, I've been writing in mine for 25 years or so, <laughs> so uh, it's a lot, and there's a lot there, but um, I don't know if I'll get it done by the time um, of Christmas next year when she'll be 18, but I'm trying to, and that that for me, that is part of my legacy of, of Bible reading that I want to pass on to her. And so, I would encourage that for any of you out there, Ellen, Tiffany, especially for you all, as your kids are younger and you have a little bit more time. If you have a Bible that is your primary Bible that you take notes and you write in the margins, you underline or whatever, at some point in time, when you have plenty of time, buy a Bible for your kids and begin writing those notes, transferring those notes over to that Bible for your kids and give it to them as they prepare to graduate high school. Go off to college, leave your house, and leave really the influence of the daily influence of you on their life. And um, so, for me, that's my plan. And I would, I would just encourage anybody out there listening who who has that opportunity and that ability, that ability to do that, uh, and and to think about it. And if you've got, you know, ten years before they even get to that stage, that's ten years you can devote to your own growth and your own development and your own reading, um, and and kind of filling in those blanks and filling in those margins in your Bible uh, with that. So. That's my closing words for for the twenty twenty two read through the Bible. Uh, what what do you how what do you all have? What, what would you like to share as your final words and thoughts?
1: I really like the Bible thing. I'm going to do that. Um, I just wrote that down. Uh, it's funny that you say that. Um, I've gotten such uh, out of a habit of bringing my Bible with me to church and just relying on uh, my phone, uh, because uh, for the past eight years I've been holding all the kid things. So we are. I'm going to make sure that I I get back into actually bringing my Bible because I would write stuff down and I kept a notebook for a while um, of like sermons and notes and things that like pastors or people would say. Um, But when you were talking about your Bible and giving, you know, your notes and stuff um, to your daughters, I remember, I can remember being in church sometimes and walking and like reading or or, uh, flipping through my dad's Bible and he would have notes written down and I'd always like, find And that was like. You know, when you're bored and you're 10 and you're not listening to the sermon, like you would look for, you know, the notes and say, you know, this is what he had from where his brother died, uh, the sermon that was prayed, you know, the passage that they did a sermon uh, thing on for his funeral. So I just remember things like that. And I, I just forgot that until you brought that up. So that was really good. I'm going to write that down. Um, okay. Looking ahead for 2023, uh, I'm reading the Bible again. Tiffany and I are going to do it together again. Uh, shameless plug for our group me. Um, If you, how I've, I've explained it like four different ways to four different people. And so I'm going to try to like solidify how I, this is not a, we are not taking a grade. We are not, we're not going to shame you. If you jump out of our group mid-year, we're still going to be your friend. Uh, A couple people in our group meet, I don't know other than their name and their picture. I've never met them. Um, But it's nice to have people that you're doing it with. Um, be able to discuss because this whole podcast, just if nobody else listened, but my mother, because I know she listens, she's had, and Sarah Dice they both text me after every podcast is dropped. Um, so Sarah Dice gets a fan award. Um, but if nobody else listens to this podcast, to me, like this whole thing was so worth it just for me personally, I guess, um, so reading through the Bible, if you want to jump with us again, uh Tiffany and I have a group meet. Um we we don't overload it, we don't send stuff every single day. Uh it just it's in a place of encouragement to share thoughts, share things that you just wanna point out or hey, I didn't know I needed I that this just came to me today. So anyway, that's one thing. Um so reading through the Bible again. Um we're doing some traveling getting back to traveling in 2023 i'm super excited about that not that i was like a big traveler really before in 2019 or past in my past life um but we're planning a a big trip out west um for this october and so that's like one thing that's really uh on my uh plate and then um i think tiffany and i are trying or uh going to travel again with some other friends for spring break so uh Really looking forward to that. Um, So, I I mean, just like hanging with my people and trying to find my word for the year. That's like my thing I'm doing for 2023. Very well said. I sound very much like Ellen
2: because we're doing many of the same things, which, again, Ellen's my favorite.
1: (laughs) It's because we're best friends. It's (laughs) because we
2: are. As a word of encouragement to anybody who has struggled with friendships, just keep praying for them. You will eventually find them. I had a good friend in elementary school that, like, from the third grade until eighth grade, then she wrote me a note during algebra saying that I couldn't sit with her and our friends anymore at lunch, like, we we're no longer friends, and we were on the volleyball team together, so that was super awkward, and since then, in the eighth grade, being burned, I've had a hard time with the relationships, and so, like, this relationship now that I have with Ellen and some of our other core friends has just been such a huge blessing To me, such a big answer of prayer for me. Also, one that my grandmother and mother have been praying over me. (laughs) So I mean, just like you'll get there, you'll find common interests. They'll bring you into their interests. It'll be great. You'll read through the Bible twice. Go it. Go on a third lap with it. Um, I'll be reading through the Bible again this year. Though I'm doing it all with my ears. I am doing the message. Um, it makes me cringe. I don't like it. Uh, but I think it's good for me finally to step away from the NIV to try something different, to see what else I can glean from the reading, to take my knowledge of the Bible just that much deeper by someone else's interpretation. I also was going to try to have my kids listen through the Bible this year with me, and I was going to skip, like, the book of Esther with them because it's super inappropriate. Um, and maybe some of the judges. And I was like, hey, girls, let's listen to the creation story on the way to church. And my kids cried. They weren't here for it. They're four and two. So maybe when they're older, we'll try again. Um, trips with friends, going to go camping sometime in 2023. Um, my oldest goes to kindergarten this year, which is super weird. So I know it's like it's January. I have until August. But um, that's strange to me. So it's like, what am I going to do with all that extra money now that I'm not paying for daycare? I don't know. Uh, that'll be You'll a still great...
0: spend it on school stuff by the way,
2: but it somewhere else. Yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know he's not wrong. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. I do. um, I do like the idea of the Bible thing. When I was newly married without children, we were going to a different church. There was a woman in a small group study that said she read through the Bible for each of her kids. Like she went and bought them their own Bible, but then prayed every day whenever she did her reading specifically for that child and what verses and, like, words of wisdom she could leave for them. So different than your transposing of your notes into your children's Bible for them, but that's something that I have always wanted to do. And since I have young humans, it's not possible quite yet. And um, I'll get there someday, so that'll be great. And then my final word of wisdom to leave everyone with uh, for the end of 2022, starting into 2023, comes from Tara Lee Cobble, which I was behind in readings. I was behind in my audio podcast that she was doing. And it was right after my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Tara Lee said, always again, you're never on time or you're never late. You're always right on time. You're always where you need to be in the reading. And Tara Lee wrapped up one of her days with, regardless whether your next battle is a victory or setback, he is where the joy is. So if you're reading and you get setback in your reading or something doesn't go to plan or like we're starting Job. If you're like Job and everything's been taken away from you, he's still there with you and he is still the joy. Beautiful. Peace out.
0: Ethan, <laughs> final words. Yeah.
2: Uh I mean looking ahead to this
3: next year, it'll be a lot of transition for me. Uh Caroline has already moved to Birmingham. I am uh looking to move that way soon. So uh, I don't know when when it'll happen, but it's coming probably sometime uh, this spring. So it's been a wonderful time of residency here at First Baptist. I've learned a lot. I've got to hang out with John every day. <laughs> I don't have
0: uh, a I don't have a boo sound effect for you for you moving. As boo.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's awesome for you. Been, yeah, I'm really excited. It is bittersweet though. I mean, I've made a lot of great relationships here. Um, friendships and this church really had to become home and that's special. So, uh,
0: yeah, that's awesome, man. And you know, that's what the residency program is about. It's, it's to give you, to give people like you opportunities in a church like this and, and getting to know other folks and stuff. So man, we're, we're super thrilled and excited for you. Uh, but we do that with aching hearts cause uh, we will certainly miss your presence around and We'll miss having you on here, although since we're doing this over the internet, we could always have you back from time to time, and just as we could have Alan or Tiffany at any time as well. With all that said, I just want to say that's going to put a wrap on black, white, and red all over the series. So if you found this episode helpful, we'd love it. We'd love it if you give us a like or a share so that other people can find this podcast as well. We'd love if you would leave a comment for us and let us know what you liked or where we were wrong. And we'd love for you to subscribe so that whenever it is that we start our fourth season on the young adult podcast, you're not going to miss it. And I've come to love each of you so dearly. I want to thank you for spending your time with me. I know it's a huge investment of your time as well. I do, as we close, we, we need to, we need to wrap it up with a, a, our take on Ellen's word of the year. So Tiffany, uh, one word you've got about 10 seconds. What comes to mind? Ellen's word of the year.
2: I don't know. I've just been so weepy. I don't want (laughs) to be weepy. Come back to me.
0: Uh, Ethan, Ellen's word of the year. Light. Oh, nice. I was going to say cry starter. Uh, But no, what came to mind for me, Ellen, was leadership. Uh, So, so I think you've, uh, you know, this, this podcast has been a testimony of your leadership and Tiffany's yours as well on the heels of that. So uh, hats off to both of you. I will miss doing this with you all. But I will enjoy my break that's coming up from doing a podcast uh, every month. Uh, Finally, I want to thank you, uh, those of you who are listening along and who've given us your time and your questions and your feedback throughout this time. It's been great. And with all that said, we'll see you around next time, whenever it is we get started with a fourth series, a fourth season on this podcast. Until then, y'all take care. We'll see you around. Tif- um. Tiffany froze.
1: We always have
0: technical difficulties with Tiffany.
1: And I just wow. wanted to know what she was going to say about me. That's really
0: uh, I know. <laughs> Tiffany, where'd you go? It's making more work for me. There she is.
3: She's
2: gone.
0: Oh my gosh! There goes my weekend.
2: Okay, let's try this again.
0: There goes my weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Tiffany.
2: I'm sorry. What
0: you were you were saying about Ellen? Go ahead.
2: <laughs> so I was saying about Ellen before my thing froze.